It's the new way to give birth, a family-centric natural option that most doctors and hospitals actually don't practice. But the ones who do say it makes all the difference in the world. A gentle C-section, it sounds like the biggest oxymoron. Surgery, major surgery, and yet a chance for mothers to bond with their babies in a way that they haven't been able to in the past. In a country where 32% of women, or one in three babies, are born via cesarean, some doctors are looking to provide a more emotional, sympathetic birth. Joining me today, we have Dr. Claudia Holland from Mount Sinai West. We have Mary Esther Malloy, who happens to be a doula that practices at all the local hospitals. And we have Liz Wakeman, and she has gone through a gentle sea. All right, let's get to it. This is Pre-Motherhood with Teresa Priolo. From New York City, USA, welcome to the Fox 5 Podcast Network. Okay, so today we're talking about a topic that I am very surprised, or I was very surprised to learn that a lot of moms haven't heard of and a lot of uh, medical personnel aren't talking about, and yet it seems to be all the rage everywhere I look. I see it now. It's called the gentle C-section. And so today I have with me an OB, a doula, and a patient, all who have been through this process of a gentle C-section. So we're going to break it down for people. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Great. If, if I can, before we get going, can we have everybody just introduce themselves? Claudia, we'll start with you. My name's Claudia Holland. I'm an OBGYN in New York City. I've been practicing since 1985. And what hospital are you affiliated with? Right now, I'm at Mount Sinai West. I've been there for 13 years. Before that, I was at Columbia Presbyterian for almost 20 so you know your stuff, basically. I've been through all the trends. <laughs> no rookie here. Okay. And hi, I'm Mary Esther Malloy, and so I'm a doula and a childbirth educator. I do parenting support as well, and I write and publish about birth. And I have been helping families since about 2002. And, um, yeah, I work in all the hospitals in the city as well as birth centers and homes. All right, so you two also not new to this field as well. Okay, and right. then we'll have Elizabeth introduce yourself as well, please. Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Wakeman. I had a gentle C-section at NYU Langone in October of 2016. And how many kids do you have, Elizabeth? I have two. Two, and what are their ages? Uh, they are two and one. They're just over a year apart. Oh, my so goodness. You have a Irish bit twins. Of a surprise on the second. <laughs> Good surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so first, when we talk about the gentle C-section, when I said gentle C-section to people, they said, come on, there is nothing gentle about a C-section, especially if you've gone through it. Uh, Claudia, if you can, first of all, take us through in layman's terms, if there's a mom out there who doesn't know what a C-section is, she might soon. What is a C-section? Well, first, let me tell you the first time I heard about a gentle cesarean, which was from a patient of mine who had read about it online. I also said, what the heck is that? Uh, and it is a very interesting topic, and it's especially interesting the way social media and all of us getting together and talking can increase what providers are doing also, which is definitely the situation in my case and at my hospital. Uh, a cesarean section is when you have a baby and the baby does not come out the vagina, it comes out the abdomen. You cut through the abdomen into the uterus, remove the baby from the uterus, and then obviously sew everything back up again. In America, we have a very high C-section rate compared to other countries, and at some hospitals, it's up to 50%. At my hospital, it's in the low 20s. And my understanding is that nationally, that it's about 32%. 
Correct. So we're looking at one in three babies born C-section. Correct. Are the vast majority of those emergency C-section to your understanding, or are these planned uh, surgeries? Well, first of all, that statistic is for primary cesarean. It doesn't include people who are having a repeat cesarean, which is a whole separate interesting topic. And uh, most of them are, are not planned. Very few people ask to have a primary C-section. All right. So most women try to go about it the, the old-fashioned way, shall right. we say. So this idea of, now that we know what a C-section is, this idea of the gentle C-section has emerged. Uh, my understanding of it is that it is to more closely mimic a vaginal or natural birth for the mom who often finds themselves a bit disconnected during a C-section. Marissa, is that your understanding of it? Yeah, what you've witnessed? Sure, exactly. I mean, I feel like in birth in general, there's a trend of parents trying to have birth be as healthy as possible, right? And so with a third of babies being born, as you mentioned, by cesarean, um, it is also true in the realm of cesarean that people have um, are really trying to rethink a surgery because it's also a birth. Now, a birth tends to be a uniquely emotional and poignant time in people's lives, right? And to have a surgery, um, to give birth surgically, um, you know, there can be a lot of feelings, there can be a lot of emotions, there can be a lot of upset if that wasn't the expectation. Um, and sometimes trauma around birth. And so there's been this big effort, sure, to kind of rethink what can be done to help humanize it, to help it feel more like a birth to feel like um, for, on the part of the parents that they feel you know respected as parents that they feel active that they have choices they can exercise and that there are things they can do to help it be as healthy as possible and to get parenting and breastfeeding off to as healthy a start as possible even when the tools of surgery are used in a birth. Claudia though uh, you are still obviously in an operating room because this is major abdominal surgery so how do you make it more comfortable or less claustrophobic or more natural or more inviting or gentler, uh, as they say? How can you actually do that in an operating room? Well, um, it's basically what the staff does to change the environment. Just the way in the last 50, 60 years, a vaginal delivery experience has completely changed from when the dads were smoking a cigar in the waiting room and not even part of the delivery or when the moms were basically knocked out and induced and now everybody's awake and participating and taking pictures and bonding immediately, we're trying to do a similar thing with a cesarean. Obviously there's some issues that crop up, like it is a sterile procedure and a major surgical procedure, so the dad can't be participating in that. But what we try to do is make it a more pleasant, less scary environment. Obviously, with an emergency cesarean, we don't have the options necessarily of making it more pleasant, more lovely. But with um, one that is not planned but has to be done, we can have music. We have chatter. We have the dad in the room for the c-section and then what we do is we either drop the drape as the baby's coming out of the abdomen or in some cases there are places that have clear drapes so that they can see the baby coming out 
from the uterus and we try and get the baby on the mom's chest skin to skin as quickly as possible because the baby hasn't come out through the vagina and the amniotic fluid hasn't been squeezed out like an accordion during the pushing we do like to suction the baby a little bit more after a cesarean usually but if we do need to do that we do it as quickly as possible leave everything else till a little bit later we never whisk the baby out of the room it's about four feet away either way but we give the baby back to the mom and dad by now the curtain is back up and they're not observing the closure and they get to do skin to skin with the baby and take pictures and talk to the baby and it makes them much happier and my understanding is it can also breastfeed too. This this does seem transformative. The, the skin-to-skin contact alone, I would think, would be a game changer for a lot of moms. You know, it just so happens that Claudia and I were on a birth together yesterday. That was a cesarean birth. Actually a coincidence. A total coincidence. Oh, that's right, because you guys do work together. Occasionally. Um, and <laughs> Claudia, um, and this was very significant to the mother, she kept talking about it afterwards, Um, as the baby was born it happened to have a nice long cord and the baby was handed over the screen to essentially be kissed by its mother um, which also gave time for you know a, a delay in the clamping and cutting of the cord and then the baby came back into the hands of I mean never left the hands of Claudia but you know for mm-hmm. the next thing to be done but just that small gesture to the mother um, was meaningful it made a huge difference in how she's playing back the story of her experience there um, and you know I'll just add too. I mean you know I come at it from the perspective of you know the parents experience and um, I think so much of the way I kind of work with folks around this is to try to also advocate for these things Claudia's talking about, you know, and, you know, ask what's possible so that they have one hand free, you know, can the pulse oximeter be placed on their toes rather than their hands? Can the IV be placed on their non-dominant hands so they can touch and feel the baby after when they're when the baby is hopefully skin to skin? But because it's a surgery, she doesn't, you know, she's lying on her back, there's a lot going on, and she really needs help to have the baby on her. Um, but the perspective I'm, I'm I come at is, you know, to help parents think through how can they help um, healthy birth hormones like oxytocin to be in play as much as possible, even with a cesarean. Um, We know with cesareans, hormones such as oxytocin um, don't tend to be as high with a vaginal birth. The oxytocin is very protective for the mother and the baby after the birth with the bonding and to help breastfeeding get off to a great start. Um, So I'm always helping parents work through fear of a surgery and come up with strategies during the birth that will help them minimize the fear because oxytocin and fear hormones can antidote each other. So, you know, we want those natural birth hormones in play and things simple like the woman and her partner touching each other, looking each other in the eye, staying focused on the baby, staying focused on this as a birth, even with the bright lights, even with the strange sounds, even with strange sensations and medicines in play and, you know, a surgery underway. Um, You know, how can they stay connected to each other and sort of have their best shot at these higher levels of hormones that um, we know are so helpful to really help the mother and baby thrive after the birth, right? So how can we have it be as healthy as possible and what can parents actively do um, through this, you know, as a birth 
to make it as healthy as possible. Let's bring in Elizabeth because she has uh, been the patient on the table. So Elizabeth, if mm -hmm. you can, tell me how you first heard about a gentle C-section and what prompted you to make the decision to have one. Sure, I, at my very first appointment with my doctor, um, or my new OB, because we had just moved to the city, he had brought it up, and again, just as you all described, I was wondering how a C-section could ever be perceived as gentle. Um, and he, he went over exactly what you guys are saying, and it's great listening, actually. It's bringing me right back, and it is exactly the way you're describing. Um, so for me, I had had an emergency C-section with our first, and it was very traumatic. Um, you know, right down to our daughter not breathing and our score of two. Um, so I wanted the chance to ha make the second C-section as best as possible. And hearing that um, our daughter could be placed directly on me immediately, right in my arms, it was, I knew right then that was for me. You know, um, I've never been a very squeamish person. So I know a lot of people worry that, oh, you're going to see blood or, but the you didn't have to see anything you didn't want to see. You know, um, my OB told me to pick my head up at the time when she was coming out if I wanted to see, and it was it was wonderful. It was. He put, just as you described, put her right in our hands. Um, he told my husband and I to put our, our four hands up through the plastic and placed her there while he was still holding the baby, of course. But it was just so special. I mean, we held her immediately. Um, so, I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> and health, really health complications aside between the first pregnancy to the second or the first C-section to the second, because as you said, your daughter did have some issues. Did you feel more of an immediate connection to your child after that? I did, actually. Thinking about it now, um, I feel guilty even saying that about my first, but I hear that's actually quite common not to have that, oh, I love this child. Of course, I loved her, but um, with my second she was there through the whole closure of the surgery um which was typically 30 45 minutes i was holding her um and it, it did it did seem to bring us closer did you breastfeed immediately because i understand that that's also something that can be done if the monitors or the medical equipment that's strapped to you is sort of pushed aside Yes, absolutely. Um, all of the monitors were on the side, uh, blood pressure cuff just on one arm. So my right arm was free to completely wrap, you know, hold on to her. And um, I did. I nursed right there and she, amazing, just latched right on, you know, as they're supposed to. But it was incredible right there on the operating table. Claudia, I hear this and I think to myself, this is the way it's supposed to be. And never having gone through it, not yet having given birth to my first, I think, this is, makes perfect sense that there would be a way to make the mom more comfortable with the idea that she is, quote unquote, not going about things the way that you're told that you are supposed to, which is typically through a vaginal birth. Um, I, I'm amazed that it took so long for something like this to come about and why more practitioners aren't telling their patients about it. I think probably initially and for a very long time, the main reason is the worry about infection. You really don't want to have any bacteria enter a sterile field and you want everything to be kept very antiseptic. And I think that's probably the main reason. We also have historically worried about 
dads fainting when they see the delivery, which happens with normal deliveries also. And Yeah, cert- I hear that's a, that's a big problem. It has happened, and <laughs> certain things like that. Um, I was doing some reading about this, and really this started in England about five, six years ago, and before that it had not been done at all. But many things have changed within the field of obstetrics that have made them much less antiseptic-like and sterile and much more homey and comfortable. When I used to do a delivery in the 80s, I wore a hat and a mask and a gown, and now I wear a gown and gloves, but I never wear a hat and a mask. So things have evolved in all areas, but this is definitely a huge plus for the mom. I just wanted to say about um, our patient here, when it's an emergency C-section, that in and of itself is so jarring and upsetting that it's hard to dissect apart which helped more with the bonding. You know, like even if with the second baby, if you hadn't done it the way you got to do it, which was fantastic, you probably would have felt a lot better anyway because you weren't horribly anxious and that in and of itself is terrifying. That's a great point to to make. Um, Mary Esther, from the perspective of um, the mom feeling guilty about the fact, like Elizabeth was saying, that she can say the second birth was an overall better experience. Um, what One thing I've heard consistently from C-section moms is, it, more often than not, it's not the way I plan to have my child. I didn't do the work. I've heard that from a lot of moms, which to me is like, wait a second, hold on. You had a baby cut out of you. And the recovery that you are experiencing afterwards is nothing from what I understand short of hell. So you've done a lot of work. And then also the feeling of guilt that they just couldn't literally power through and push through to get the baby out the way that society tells you perhaps you should. This is a way to remedy that a little bit. And I think that's really interesting. Can you share your experiences with moms who've had to go through that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had many, many, many women, um, you know, it's years, if not decades of processing sometimes when it is unexpectedly challenging, you know, when fear is present at the birth, when it doesn't in any way come close to expectations that you had, um, when women can feel like their body failed them. Um, and sometimes after a cesarean, the breastfeeding can be more challenging. That can compound the feeling. Um, you know, unfortunately, the research shows us that these elements can also increase the likelihood of postpartum depression. So there can be a kind of real funk around things when it doesn't go well. Um, what I try to do with, with the families I work with is um, in advance of labor, we talk and think through cesarean, and I try to frame it as, um, yes, it is a technology that is overused, right? The World Health Organization would say a 5 to 10%, you know, maybe 15, and here we are with a third of babies being born. So it is overused, right? But nonetheless, it is, um, you know, I, I remind us that, you know, um, you know, Ina Mae Gaskin, sort of our n- nation's midwife who kind of brought back midwifery, you know, she had a 3% cesarean rate, you know. Um, for many years, we had a stable 5% cesarean rate in this country. It's very, um, you know, it's it's probable that there is an irreducible number in, in human birth where cesarean is simply going to be the safest and best tool to birth this baby um, for baby, for the mother. 
and you know to fall into that group um, you know it still is a birth and I always say there are no second-class births and so um, you know I, I strongly f you know a child is being born a family is being born and yes the tools of surgery are being used and it is different from how many people anticipate and just as you're saying um, there's certainly no less work around it um, you know the recovery can be longer for sure and more challenging um, so I really try to in advance um, really like just remind people of how um, necessary and beneficial it is and that if it does become the best way to birth your baby there are things you can do and again I think that feeling of there are options there are things we can ask for um, just that empowerment alone um, you know I can choose or I can ask if um, I will have the option to see the baby or even see some of the surgery if my if the head could be raised a bit. You because know. you can't really see over the belly, is that right? Elizabeth, it's you couldn't see, see over right? your belly, yeah. right? That's so it's not like you it, saw exactly. it. You know, it's, you've got that big hump in front of you and they're cutting down in the bikini area. You you know, you can't you can't see that area anyway. So <laughs> Okay, good. So you're not witnessing <laughs> although I once had a client who watched through the chrome light fixture. The reflection. Oh wow! Oh, I did catch a glimpse of that. And I that, lie. and that I was her choice, <laughs> and she felt very <laughs> empowered seeing what was happening. Now, most women are happy to, you know, leave it to the professionals. I think I would and be happy to leave it to the professionals. <laughs> stay connected to their emotional state <laughs> and imagining the baby being born and seeing their body pushing, you know, the baby out. Um, but you know, it's an option, and some women do feel more empowered and more connected to yeah. it. Um, or the option to see the baby all goopy. You know, I've had clients who say seeing that connected that baby to their body, like they believe mm. with blood on the baby, not all kind of sanitized and cleaned up. That little fact alone helped this one woman to really connect it to her body. Like this baby came out of me, you know. Right. It wasn't a doll it that was placed in the corner, me and cleaned up, all sterilized yeah. and sanitized. Or brought from central casting. Right. <laughs> I just feel that your generation, this current generation, partially because of social media and partially because of the emphasis all for the best on choice and plan has much more pressure than any previous generation to both breastfeed perfectly and deliver perfectly and raise a child perfectly and teach it to sleep through the night perfectly and you're just under a lot of pressure so when you don't achieve these pretty much unachievable goals it gets a little overwhelming and depressing and being sleep deprived and having a baby is a little bit overwhelming. So the combination can really be a lot to handle. So any way that one can help, whether it's with a gentle cesarean or more help at home after you have the baby to make it a little bit more comfortable for the mom, because the moms are under, and the dads are under a huge amount of pressure these days. So for moms like me who have not had this conversation with their physicians, simply because when I started, at, you know, at, when I first saw my physician at six, eight weeks, I didn't know that this existed. And my doctor asked me if I, not if I wanted a cesarean, but what my thoughts were. And I said, well, my plan is to push this baby out. That's what I want to do. And he said, okay, if that's your plan, that's what we're going to proceed with at all costs but I'm letting you know this is my c-section rate and 
this is how it would go. And he gave me all the the sort of um, the Reader's Digest version on on it. But I haven't had this conversation with him yet. So if if you're a mom who's in my position, how do you broach this topic? What do you say? Do you wait until you actually have to have a C-section? Do you start the conversation now? And what if your doctor says, well, I don't do that, or my hospital doesn't do that? Where do you go from there? Well, I think it's always a good idea to have it at the beginning. When I have my very first appointment with my patients, I explain that they can have natural childbirth, and if that's what they want, I support it 100%. If they want pain medicine, I support that 100%, and in the rare case that a patient will say for whatever medical, psychological, familial reason they want a cesarean, I would support that 100% also. And then when I recommend childbirth classes, which I pretty much do to everybody in the beginning of this third trimester end of the second I also bring up that same point and that unless the baby does something to change the plan or the mom changes her mind about the plan that we're going to go with the plan and I bring up the options of if you end up with a cesarean the different options that we have but my hospital is very progressive. So should I Marius or should I when I go to see my doctor next mention this to him? How do I mention it to him? What if he's not familiar with this? What do I do? Sure. I mean, what I would say is, um, yes, have conversations as things are on your mind in part because, as Claudia was saying, um, as parents, as consumers, we are changing the system and doctors are responding. And the more they're hearing interest in this, in alternative ways of doing things, the more they will, as Claudia did when she was asked about a gentle cesarean, look it up and say, well, what is going on? What is possible? And think outside the box. So one of the things as a doula is I see birth in all settings. I see birth at home. I see it in birth centers. I see it in with OBs, in hospitals, in different hospitals, different OBs, different ways of doing things. And, you know, all of us can get set in our ways. So I think very much that parents, consumers, um, inviting their doctors to think more broadly about what can be done is going to expand the options for everyone. Um, and then, you know, aside from like broad change in maternity care, um, you know, on the individual level, um, you know, sometimes um, some families, so I think it varies from person to person, but I think some women are very apprehensive about cesareans. It is the fear as they are entering or preparing for their births. And, um, you know, some women will kind of go in the direction of, um, you know, kind of head in the sand. It's not going to be me. I'm not even going to ask. I'm not going to read the chapter in the book. And then others will swing, swing to the other end of the spectrum and, um, you know, kind of want to know every possible thing. Um, I myself would kind of suggest cutting it down the middle and, um, you know, th just doing some amount of work, um, you know, with a third of women, you know, giving birth by cesarean or at least a third of babies being born by cesarean, um, you know, there is a likelihood in our hospitals, right, that this is going to be the way you'll birth your baby. Um, uh, you know, to devote some time to just understanding the procedure, how it goes, and again, kind of what elements speak to you as a parent um, and what pieces might help you feel empowered. Um, uh, you know, just sometimes women reading about an element of the procedure such as the restraint on the arms feels very dehumanizing and so that might be a piece where they you know they just want to ask and make sure that at this hospital their doctor is comfortable 
without restraints, if that's a piece that feels, you know, like it's taking something from them, like to be lying down, arms out, you know, kind of crucifixion style. Um, You know, so that little piece alone can be helpful. Um, You know, so to what resonates for you, you know, for many it is contact with the baby after the birth as uninterrupted as possible. Um, is a big piece and so asking about that asking what your hospital does typically um, you know what is possible within kind of what's possible you know like what are the parameters what are the parameters and you know how flexible it seems and you know I would always say if you with any of your questions around birth feel like you are not well matched with your care provider or hospital again as consumers you know to exercise choice and to find somebody who who does practice in a way that feels right to you, you know, because, you know, in obstetrics, you know, so many challenges or bumps in the roads are dealt with very, very differently from one doctor to another. Um, And so finding the care that's right for you um, can sometimes, you know, sort of, you don't have to have the headache just Mm -hmm. because somebody's practicing in a way that feels in alignment with what your beliefs or hopes or dreams are around the birth. And then even if you have to deal with a plan B, um, you know, you feel like, you know, I was heard, I felt respected. I'm in good hands, I'm too. And you trusted the doctor. Yeah, mm. there's a rapport, and, and, and don't feel like you were sort of railroaded, and this is just how the doctor does things, you right. know? So it, it, I think that piece can help people have a satisfying experience of birth, no matter the technology used, you know? All right, well, we'll end this by asking Elizabeth, do you have any advice for moms who are considering this option, don't know about this option, or are actively approaching the time where they are going to be having this as their birth? I completely uh, second that advice and uh, reading all that you can on cesareans because I did not do that with my first. And so when the, the time came that I found I was going to have an emergency section, there was a lot of anxiety over it. Um, and then just being open-minded that it, you can still have a very beautiful experience if you find yourself say, with a breech child and you're looking at a cesarean, you can have a beautiful birth experience still. And it sounds like you did, definitely. Thank you all. Before we, get, we let you guys go, um, Claudia and Marissa, can you just tell people where they can find you? Claudia. Um, I practice at a Mount Sinai West, which is on 59th and 10th. We used to be known as Roosevelt Hospital. My office is on 61st and 5th Avenue. All right. And Mary Esther? Um, sure. So um, mindfulbirthny.com is my website, and I'm here in the city, and I'm teaching classes on 20th Street and um, attending births all around. And last spring, I put together a website and resource for parents who find out in advance that they will birth by cesarean, and it's called themindfulcesarean.com. And, um, you know, it, it was sparked by um, some folks in my class who just were devastated finding out in advance they had to have a cesarean, and I felt like, you know what, no, they deserve resources. They deserve a birth visualization. They deserve information. Um, and so I've put together this resource, and, um, yeah, I'm happy to have people know about it. All right, and Elizabeth, we wish you the best with your two children. Thank you so much Thank for you. joining us as well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Pre-Motherhood with Teresa Priolo is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. This episode was recorded, edited, mixed, made awesome by Matt Onimus. The executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Imad Ashgar. Byron Harmon is VP of News, and our Vice President and General Manager of Fox 5 is Lulioni. 
Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments or you just want to say hi, reach out to me on Twitter at Fox5Teresa or on Facebook, Teresa Priolo NY. And stay tuned for our next episode. Ha, 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 ha.